And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. Hey, Frank, a little birdie told me you don't need a satellite dish to get DirecTV. What's the little birdie? Was it Jimmy the Sparrow? It's a figure of speech. Point is, you can stream DirecTV over the internet now. Oh, sure. Next you're going to tell me those big birds are made of metal and filled with people, right? <laughs> you mean airplanes? Stream DirecTV without a satellite dish. Visit DirecTV.com. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. This is the Civilized Barking Podcast with Zach Jackson. It is 12.01, according to my clock. So the Browns started practice about 30 minutes ago. They go about an hour 10 to an hour 20 on Fridays. Um, and then shortly thereafter, <clears throat> as you probably know, is the injury designations and then the coach addressing he'll announce Joe Flacco as the starter. Um, yeah. So anyway, uh, welcome everybody. Thank you guys for, for popping in. This is our civilized barking, uh, podcast slash live Friday Browns chat. So Flacco will be the starter. That's no surprise. Um, Kevin Stefanski is who he is with these things. And also guys, because the Jaguars have a quarterback question he was going to not just come out and say it so call it gamesmanship i'm not sure sure that um no one in jacksonville really thought the dtr was going to play people in jacksonville probably prayed the dtr was going to play but it's always going to be joe flacco so the big development um from being out for our 10 minutes of practice viewing is amari cooper's out there he's in the concussion protocol he hasn't been seen we assumed he would be out so uh, i don't want to play doctor Um, him being out there certainly a positive sign for him playing on Sunday. More guys later in the season around the league have cleared it in one week than have not. So um, other news items from the week, Denzel Ward will be back. Um, Dewan Jones was not on the practice field today. We don't know yet what the reason was. He had been out there previously, and and that's big. Um, you know, Flacco's super impressive last week, not perfect, but a big part of it is the protection, and he just has no mobility. And the Browns got to keep him out of bad spots. So um, they need Dewan Jones. So we'll, we'll find out. That'll be one of the things there. I think Marquise Goodwin is going to be back this week after four weeks in the concussion protocol. So in addition to just Goodwin being a good guy who's been through hell this year, and you hope he's okay, uh, he can open things up. Um, Flacco can launch the ball down the field. We knew that. We saw that. He can still do it. Um, if I had a billion dollars, I'd probably pay $230 million to just watch him throw and practice because <laughs> I was just doing that about 15 minutes ago and I was laughing. Um, news item, the Steelers are awful. They're, they're not just bad or, or mediocre or up and down like, like many other teams in this league. They're a flat-out awful football team. They're still alive in the playoff race. And look, um, a lot is going to continue to change. You know, with this, these quarterback situations everywhere and teams playing each other, you just have to get to 10. And for the Browns, that's three more. They have three home games. Uh, the Jets, the Bears, and potentially C.J. Beathard. I mean, you just have to win those games and you get there. So um, we will see how that goes. And we'll know a lot more in two weeks or, you know, 10 days, I guess, from now uh, on the playoff situation. But the Browns can stay way ahead of the traffic team if they just win these two home games. Um, Taylor Swift, time person of the year. I know some of you guys thought it might be Quincy Avery, but Taylor Swift won it. Um, we'll see. So anyway, Joe Flacco. Um, you know, he brings Elijah Moore to life. If Amari Cooper plays, that's a total game changer. Uh, Njoku will be more involved. The Marquise Goodwin factor becomes a factor. 
And um, we'll see. So you keep him out of trouble. You run the ball a little bit to do that, and, and we'll see. Um, Jason asks, can this coach and QB stay disciplined enough to stick with the run game? Well, sure, it's got to work, you know. And, um, you know, this is a play-action offense, right? But can they stick with it? Yeah, yeah. Um, Jacksonville up until last week, I think, was number one or, or close to the top in DVOA run defense. It's been a pretty good Jacksonville defense. It can really, um, you know, look, look, guys, the weather forecast has gotten better. Um, obviously, Amari Cooper and Marquise Goodwin, specifically Cooper, would really change the outlook. Um, if the Browns can play efficient and score a number of points, and just get a pretty good defensive effort, they win this game. I'm fully expecting it to be C.J. Beathard. Um, you know, if Lawrence plays, then he didn't really have a high ankle sprain. And again, I said I wouldn't play doctor, but I think that that's fair to say. Uh, it has complicated the Browns' preparation. We heard Schwartz and players talk about preparing for Lawrence, preparing for a non-mobile Lawrence, preparing for Beathard, who's also been on their injury report. Um, you know, you you if you're a playoff team, you have to beat backup quarterbacks at home. And the Browns' defensive road home splits are very real. The defensive line has not been disruptive in the last two games, as disruptive as its standard has been set. But you have a chance to go do it. And it was always going to be this defense. And uh, if you're going to get to 10 or even 11 wins, you know, efficient offense with a mix of explosion, Amari Cooper, Elijah Moore, um, the pass interference penalty that, you know, that Flacco brings back into play. And then you give this defense a lead and, and you let them go feast. So, you know, we don't know what Miles is. I think it's a totally different vibe of Miles coming out and saying um, the injury is not an excuse rather than what we may have seen or heard from him in the past. But this defense is better with Miles and Ward. This defense is elite with Miles and Ward. And so you're going to get that back and you're going to have a chance, you know, to win. Um, so again, I, I see the Browns getting to 17 or 20 and the Jaguars not getting above 10. Um, you know, unless, unless you gift them short fields or things like that, or unless Trevor Lawrence is, you know, a magical healer and comes out and rips it, but they also don't have Christian Kirk and we'll see. I, I just think the tone of this has changed. I just think this went from um, a loss for the Browns and, oh man, the last four are going to get really hairy too. You win this. And if you win the next two, then your Christmas Eve game is a bonus game. Um, and not one you have to have necessarily for the playoffs, but we'll see how that works out. Um, you guys aren't flying on Christmas Eve like I am, so uh, the word is the Christmas Eve night game cannot be flexed for logistical and TV reasons. So it will stay Patriots-Broncos, and Browns-Texans will almost assuredly remain at 1 o'clock uh, because there's already a 425 marquee game. I think it's Dolphins-Cowboys. Um, yeah, so, so that's the outlook. You just win your three at home. You get in the playoffs and you see if this defense can get back to being what it was and doing that. So, um, Michael D, surely the key to a win is discipline, run pass, pass options and keeping the Jags guessing, not shoot ourselves in the foot. Yeah. Get out of their own way. Yeah. I think that's fair, right? You come out and you utilize the play action game. Um, you extend the defense in ways you couldn't before and, and you just drive the ball, you know, run play action pass the occasional deep shot. Um, them having to respect the deep shot should open things up in the run and the shorter pass. And if you win the turnover battle and you turn it over to your defense, specifically at home, you know, the, what we've seen this year and what we know about the personnel that will be on the field for each team, or we're assuming, I'm, I'm assuming C.J. Beathard 
guys, um, you know, if I'm wrong about that, obviously it changes, then the Browns should win. Um, and Mark, I'm not saying pass interference is our third most productive receiver, but listen, there are no apologies if pass interference accounts for the place, right? So these are close. These are close games, and they're always decided by a few plays and a few factors. And going to last week, um, sometimes the butt cheeks in, sometimes it's not. Sometimes you get the flag, sometimes you don't. I thought even last week there's a couple times that guys are, Browns defenders, I mean, are breaking on passes or coming down to make a tackle, and they're just like a split second too late. And, and that's that's not just last week. That's all the time. So, um, you know, my favorite story from last week is we're walking out in the tunnel and, and they drive cars, um, this specifically a Cadillac Escalade, in the tunnel at SoFi for whatever reason. And Miles Garrett's walking about 10 feet in front of me and this Escalade pulls up next to him. And the window gets rolled down and it's Sean McVay. And Miles has no idea who it is either. And Sean yells, I didn't fucking sleep all week worrying about you. And I think the game plan reflected that. So bigger picture, um, is it worrisome that the defense hasn't been able to adjust and that opposing play callers and quarterbacks have adjusted to their attack only style? Yes, in a way. Um, is it worrisome that this defensive line doesn't have a, didn't have a sack in either road game? Sure, sure. But you still have the guys and you trust them. Uh, and they got to just make the plays. It comes down to just make the plays. And again, this defense with Ward and with Garrett, we've seen what can do. Going all the way back to the Niners game in early October, I was not doubting this defense and looking at what's ahead now. So um, in terms of making the playoffs, everybody knows the Browns aren't winning the Super Bowl. But to waste this defense and to waste this schedule and not get there would be really disappointing. I think they will get there. I think Flacco will play uh, well again, you know, and uh, I think they'll be able to reach their goal of keeping, mostly keeping him out of bad situations, protecting him, opening up the offense a little bit, and then just seeing, you know, where it goes, uh, building off of this. So beat C.J. Beathard and beat the Bears should not be a big ask, and it's certainly not any kind of big ask if you're a real playoff team. And I think this team, uh, I, I think the Browns have done a better job of build, building a more mature, more resilient version of things, and um, we will see how it goes. So... Um, Julian, good question. What's it going to take for the Elijah Moore trade to be considered a positive move and not another reach? Well, to see the Elijah we've seen over the last month, you know, to see a guy that really does affect the game. Um, he's awfully small. He, he, he just is. And that, that's a factor, right? Cause this game is played in pads and this game is played over a uh, five month season. Right. But he's explosive. He's not elite, elite explosive. Um, but clearly how he was being used in the first year or in the first part of the season was not working. It was not working for him. It was not working for the Browns. It was not scaring anyone. Um, letting him launch, you know, launching it to him has worked. Um, he has made some, some big plays. And so, you know, 12 targets and only four catches, that's not great. But um, the Browns have had a drop problem and Elijah only has two all year. He's playing with more confidence now. Um, and look, guys, in this league, for every team, there's always there's always an element of looking to the future, even when you're in a playoff push and even when it on, only this Sunday counts, only the next drive, next play on Sunday counts, right? Stefanski's right about that. But Elijah Moore is extension eligible, and I'm not saying he's going to get that. But this receiving core, again, is not good enough. And Amari is due a lot of non-guaranteed money next year and will be 30. Um, Cedric Tillman is a rookie. Dave Njoku has a lot of guaranteed money and is not guaranteed to catch the ball. 
So the Browns have to make decisions, and they would love to see Elijah Moore continue to play like he has. And he's you know he's under contract for next year at a at a low rate, and he's going to be on the team almost certainly. But they need to know where 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 receiver ranks in their priority list. And if you want to be concerned about how badly they've screwed up um, the receiver evaluations, specifically in the draft, you can be. But if Elijah Moore um, turns out to be an above average player, it would it would be a significant boost for this offense now and going forward. Because for the first half of the year, it looked like an awful acquisition. Kareem the lead back. Seems like Ford has been moved to change of a pace guy. Um, no, Kareem's not the lead back. Kareem has a certain number of carries in him. Um, they did specifically keep Ford fresh. There is a question going forward of Ford is your feature back, and he's he's almost certainly not, but he's the feature back on this team right now. Uh, Pierre Strong's fresh, and he's fast. Uh, I think there might be more of a role for him, but it's been pretty clear they don't trust him except in a handful of carries. Yes, I already addressed Denzel Ward's going to play. He's been in practice all week. Um, I think interference literally needs to be a strategy. That's fair. Here's one. This is an interesting question. Clinton M. Are people overrating Flacco's performance? He did good for being off the street, but only completed about 50% of his throws. Yeah, I think that's, that's fair to say. I mean, look, in everything, we have a low bar here. In the way the quarterback interviews during the week, we have a low bar here. In being able to throw more than... 12-yard passes, we have a low bar here. In any completion percentage, we have a low bar here. Um, but, man, he, he slings it. And he, you know, came in, mentioned all those things, which you certainly, again, no excuse league, but we always have excuses with this team and with that position specifically. And you could only think he gets better, he gets more comfortable. He certainly has limitations. And in various negative circumstances, he has not been very good. For a number of years. But he gave a jolt to this offense that was undeniable. And even if you think there's only incremental gains in his comfort level, his completion percentage, um, what they can do in the offense, what they trust him to do on this practice field right now, translating that to Sunday when the script is over and when adjustments have to be made. Um, so are you are we overrating it? I, I, I think that's a very fair question. And I think the goal, obviously, is to stay out of the situation where you need 312 non-pass interference yards and three touchdowns from Flacco. But the guy comes out of throwing in the backyard with his brother to only your third multiple touchdown pass game of the year. It looks like an NFL offense, which is most important. Um, You have an older team. You have a team that with high expectations, most of them justified to me, and you're in a playoff push. This is the guy. So, um, we'll see. I'm not saying he can't get you beat because he can't. To me, this is the question. If Joe Flacco throws one interception every week, you have to live with it, right? Can you be good enough in the other areas to overcome it? And can it not be crippling? Because field position is going to be big in some of these games. I don't think, and maybe I'm wrong, maybe the defense can have something to do. I don't think the Browns are scoring 24 or 30. But I also think it's going to be harder than the Jaguars to score. And even though Justin Fields is a different beast as a running quarterback, it's given like I think twenty points is enough for the Browns to win these two games, right? Everybody thinks that. Been wrong before. Circumstances dictate how it goes. But that's gotta be what it is. And you gotta just expect that an overall C plus B minus game from Flacco with a couple of big moments and and no more than one turnover should be enough. That's what that's what you have to uh that's what you have to say. 
Um, how is Miles' shoulder feeling this week? We don't know. We don't talk to Miles until Friday afternoon. Uh, Miles gets every Wednesday off. He practiced. You know, the expectation last week that he was always going to be good. They gave him the extra day off just to be sure. But, but you know, Najoku didn't practice until this week. It's only notable with Amari Cooper because of concussion protocol. And him being on the practice field today says um, that he's not through it, but at a stage of concussion protocol where he is now has a chance to play. Whereas if he didn't practice today, that would have been unlikely. So it might go up to Sunday morning. We'll see what Stefanski says. We know that answer is nothing. He's, but like your older defensive linemen, your older players in general are not practicing here. And, and that's been part of the issue with this team of quarterbacks coming in, never having thrown to these receivers and practicing practice needing to matter. Right. Um, but, you know, you're managing all these guys. Every team is through this part of the year specifically, just trying to get them to Sunday and hope that you can hold up. So um, we'll see how that goes. I got to go back in here in just a minute, guys. Jack B, can this stretch to end the year dictate if Stefanski gets a contract extension or goes to 24 on his final year? It can. Um, should it? Is a different discussion, right? Um, you know, obviously, I don't know what these owners are thinking on a lot of things, and I am not going to speak for them. Um, Kevin Stefanski's done a hell of a job this year and even those who are quickest to point out his flaws and imperfections would have to say that um you know the overall scope here is is cloudy you know this 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 is a team that's supposed to be in a super bowl window and this is a team that's probably fucked over the long term because of the awful quarterback contract um still has good players kevin stefanski is a good coach uh, and has done well in these circumstances. And if you're the Haslam's, you should, to me, want him to be your coach for the future, right? Um, does he want that? We would assume yes. Um, would now be the time to extend him, assuming they make the playoffs? Yes, but I, I don't know on, on the thinking there. And, you know, he deflects everything. Um, he's not going to talk about it. He doesn't want any attention on him. Um, he knows that the negative attention is going to be on him if they don't finish this playoff push, if they don't find a way to win three more after being in seven and three. So we'll see. Um, you know, Pat, I'm not operating under nine wins and in. I'm operating under 10 wins and in. And after the Houston game, we can reassess that. But, you know, I'm just saying you can't control, obviously, what's going on with the other teams. Um, but you have to win these two home games. And if you do, you're probably in. And then, then we'll see. Uh, Nobody wants the last game to be one and done. Nobody wants that, you know, and that's before Jake Browning looked like an NFL quarterback on Monday. So we'll see how that goes. Um, what happens on the roster after Flacco has three starts? That's a good question. Because Wills will be coming back. Cam Mitchell probably be back this week, too. They don't currently have any spots. So when Wills comes back, they'll cut Leroy Watson, the backup tackle. Um you know, and everything also just kind of be injury dependent or they'll have to go to the bottom of the safety group or linebacker group and see um, kind of how that goes. So um, he can start on the practice squad. The practice squad protections have not been a thing for a long time. Uh, it's not ideal to have two different quarterbacks in a season starting off your practice squad, but it's the situation they're in and ideal has long been out the window. So you kind of find a way and all trust goes in Joe Flacco from his personal makeup and experience 185 starts you trust you see the arm and you trust 
and you just hope that Amari and Denzel and Miles and the other guys are healthy. Um, the more kicks go in than not. When there is a mistake, the other team doesn't run it back inside your 15, and you see what happens. So, um, you know, the Browns making the playoffs would be a success for the Browns, and so therefore, these next two games, these next five games, specifically these next two quarters, it's all there for them to create a positive tone, to prove that they're adaptable, resilient, still good on defense, all of those things that we think they are. Make this a successful year and see if you can be really annoying to someone in that that first weekend of the playoffs. Um, but be, starts with beating either C.J. Beathard or a less than 100% Trevor Lawrence. They have to do it, and I think they will. So thank you guys for tuning in. Uh, we'll have multiple stories up on the site later today once we have these injury report statuses and all of that. Um, thank you guys for coming in. And again, I think the Stefanski extension talk, I think the Grant Delpit, Greg Newsom um, extension talk is, is all warranted. You know, what are you going to do at quarterback and at offensive tackle going forward? That's all. But, you know, right now, let's just let's see what Joe Flacco does. Let's see specifically what Kevin Stefanski says about Dewan Jones and Amari Cooper uh, here over the next 40 minutes or so. And I appreciate you guys tuning in here, reading and all that stuff. And I'll uh, try to have it all covered. Talk to you Sunday after the game. As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10. Place your first bet on any game and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager.